Soon the pearly gates will 
Tonight I will be reading Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Please bow. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this great day that you've blessed us with. Uh, thank you for letting us have the opportunity to, to come here and, and worship you and learn about you. Uh, please help us to take Justin and Bo's lessons to heart tonight and apply them to our lives. Please be with us with our health, and uh, please keep us safe. And dear Lord, uh, please be with us through the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. You are Lord of creation and Lord of my life, Lord of the land and the sea. You are Lord of the heavens before there was time, and Lord of all, Lord, you will be. We bow down and we worship you, Lord, we bow down. Bow down and we worship you, Lord, Lord of all, Lord, you will be. You are King of creation and King of my life, King of the land and the sea. You were King of the heavens before there was time. And King of all kings, you will be. We bow down and we crown you the King. We bow down and we crown you the King. We bow down and we crown you the King. King of all kings, you will be. For all the graduates, whether if you're graduating from high school, college, talk over your mouthful, whatever, I don't know. Let's put on flat hats and dream. This sort of looks like a cat toy. Dream about life. Dream about what's next. Dream about a world where people get along. I mean, like, can't Bass and Trouble be friends? I'm looking at you, Megan Trainer. Life is like a really good sandwich. It's all how you make it. So fill it with the good stuff. Fill your life with the good stuff, people. We've been waiting for this moment, and here we are. It's a good moment. All moments are if you take a moment. 
As I look out here today, I see potential. I see future surgeons and future teachers, future Beyonce's. I take that back. There's only one Beyonce. You know what? Be your own Beyonce. Yeah, I say it's a be your own Beyonce. The world's not awesome just because you're in it. You add something to every room you enter. Not mean it. You're about to enter some new rooms and they need you. We need you to reach higher than you ever reach. It's time to make awesome stuff happen. Stop hitting pause. It's time to start hitting play. It won't be easy, but anything can happen, right? I mean, have you seen Air Bud? It's a story of a dog playing basketball. They made like 18 of those movies. 18 Air Buds. They think it was possible, but they did it. Make the impossible possible. We all have the capacity for greatness. You could be like Air Bud. I don't want to make you sad, but from what I learned, school never ends. There are grown-ups who don't share. There are grown-ups who are bullies. They need to graduate from that gym. They're all just trying to figure stuff out. You are too. That's okay. If at first you don't succeed, you're normal. You don't have to have it all figured out. You do need to know this. You are awesome, and you always want to treat people awesome. The world needs you. So, carpe diem. That means seize the carpe, or carpe the day. Seize the, just, just go do something today. Go out into the world. We need people like you. People who care, people who dream, people who are their own Beyonce. The world needs you. You, 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 you. <sighs> you got life ahead of you. Live it. Go be awesome. But there's also a lot of wisdom in those short little bits of entertainment. For example, Robbie ended his message to graduates by telling us more than once that the world needs us. The world needs us to be awesome to seize the day, to care, to dream, to be our own Beyonce. Kip President is right. The world does need us, the graduates, to go be awesome. But just like Kip President said, a graduate doesn't have to be someone who's young. The word graduation simply means advancement. Young or old, we are all advancing towards something. All of us as Christians should be advancing toward heaven. 1 Corinthians 9 says... Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict competition, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. We as Christians should always be running or advancing towards our prize and eternity in heaven. So the real question is, how do we keep advancing? How do we graduate from everything that holds us back and move toward the prize. The truth of the matter is, we're all being held back by something. We each struggle with different things, and we each have our own unique set of problems. Fear is often at the heart of what holds us back. Fear of change, fear of failure, fear of rejection. That's certainly a feeling that those of us graduating from high school know. Everything about our lives are about to change. No more will we spend 180 days a year with the same people that we've known our whole lives. We will have to meet new people in new places. Our teachers will not be the same friendly faces that we've seen in church or at school events. Some of them may even be hostile towards our faith. We will not have the safety net of our parents nearby when we need 20 bucks for gas or when our phone dies. That's a scary thing. 
But we can't let fear hold us back. Otherwise, we might find ourselves 40 years old and still living at home. Of course, people of all ages, not just high school graduates, are held back by fear. How many people stay in dead-end jobs because they're too afraid to risk unemployment? How many people live lonely and alone because they're too afraid of rejection to ask someone out to dinner? Worst of all, how many of us will let a loved one die in sin because we were too afraid to share the gospel with them? What if Moses and the Israelites had let fear hold them back? There they were, running for their lives from Pharaoh and his soldiers. They came to the edge of the Red Sea, and it looked like there was nowhere to go. Exodus 14:15 says, The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. God ordered them to go forward, and if they hadn't, they would have died in slavery. Later, the Israelites did let fear hold them back. When Moses sent 12 spies into Canaan to scout out the land, 10 of them came back and said that the Israelites were no match for the Canaanites. Because of this, God made them wait 40 years in the wilderness before they ever entered into Canaan. If they'd never overcome this fear, they would never have been able to enter the promised land at all. In Deuteronomy 31.6, shortly before his death, Moses told his people, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. God was with the Israelites, and he stayed with them when they entered Canaan. If we forget that God is with us and let fear hold us back, it's very easy to miss out on the promised land, because advancing or graduating to heaven requires us to do things that we will not be comfortable with. Like Kid President said, the world needs us, and being needed is scary. In the video, Robbie also said that life is a sandwich, so fill it with the good stuff. As Christians, that's our job. We are the ones who are supposed to be filling the world with good stuff. Jesus called us the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and a city upon a hill. And in Mark 16, 15, he told us to go into the world and preach the good news. Of course, we all know that our job is to preach the gospel. Actually doing it is the hard part. It can be scary to step out there, to risk being made fun of, or to face persecution. We also tend to think that we have to graduate from our own vices and our own struggles before we can help someone else grow closer to God. Uh, we also tend to think that we have to graduate from our own problems. But in Romans 3.23, it says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We hear this all the time, but look at some of the people that God used in the Bible. You had Moses, who was a murderer, David, who was an adulterer, and Rahab, who was probably a prostitute. Yet, all three of them are included in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. Paul actually persecuted Christians, but none of us would ever argue how much Paul did to help build the church. We don't have to be perfect to do God's will because he will use us even with our imperfections. He will remove our obstacles. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. 2 Timothy 1 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. With God on our side, with his power filling us, we can and should step out and share the good news with everyone we meet and take them with us as we advance towards heaven. So for my classmates, it is okay to be a little nervous about this next phase in our lives and all the changes that we're about to go through. 
It'll be new and different and scary. But God has given us a spirit of power, and that's all we need to move forward. We just have to remember one thing. Go be awesome. To quote Kanye West, the man who made an album called Graduation, I just want to make something awesome. I just want to be awesome. And I want to hang around my awesome friends and change the world. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I think that's something we can all set out to do. And for everyone else in the auditorium tonight, you don't have to be a high school senior to graduate, to advance. To quote Kanye West again, some people graduate, but we're still stupid. You know, we all have something that we can move past, that we can keep moving forward and advance towards our goal. When fear tries to hold you back, just remember what God said. Don't be afraid. He is with you. And as Philippians 4.13 tells us, you can do all things through Christ. So seize the day. Care. Dream. Be a Beyonce. Share the gospel. Be awesome. And keep running the race. Because just like Kid President said, the world needs all of us. You will turn your song songbooks to number to number eight eighty eight. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you. Saving my soul, let us all with one accord sing praises to Christ the Lord. Let us all unite in song to praise Him all day long. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures fill my life again. I give my life to follow 
everything I believe in, now I surrender. He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. I will be reading Jeremiah 29:11-14. For I know the plans that I have for you, declared the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declared the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declared the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. I love Justin's choice of that video. I don't know if y'all have gotten the opportunity to see that yet. Um, it was, it's Kid President's newest video. It just released this week. Uh, and the things that Brad and, and uh, Robbie, if you, if you don't know, have been able to do are things that started in Brad's life when he was in y'all's shoes. And yes, I, I didn't rhyme on purpose. but uh, they're, they're, they're who he was. I can remember my first year that I went to Horizons at Freed Hardeman. Uh, I had been at Murray Christian Camp. And Austin Simmons, me and him, hit it off. Uh, he and I hit it off. And, and during the end of the week, towards the end, he brings up to me that there's a school in West Tennessee, a school I'd never heard of. Uh, they, he says that they have a summer camp. Uh, they have a summer camp. And see, for me, I'd started going to Murray Christian Camp when I was 10, 11, and I'd fallen in love with it. I absolutely loved it. It was my absolute favorite thing to do every summer. And it was mainly because of those relationships that I got. Uh, and it's what made me fall in love with youth ministry. It's what made me fall in love with my own youth group. And what it really is all about was the relationships we have. But also, at the end of the week, when he tells me about this camp, he tells me about Horizons, I say, absolutely. There, there's another week that we can do this, that we can hang out together, uh, that we can just talk about God all the time uh, and kind of be away from everything else. Absolutely. Uh, I'm there. 
So, so we go, and, and Austin already had a roommate, uh, so I was with another guy that we kind of recruited last minute, and we got put in a suite, myself and Alan Kirk, and across the suite in Benson was this crazy, goofy guy named Brad Montague. Uh, and he's across the hall from us, across the suite. That means you have a bathroom connecting you. And, and throughout the week, it was kind of cool because as a random little seventh grader, I, I got paired with the guy who was kind of the most popular guy at camp, uh, the guy who is everywhere and everybody's watching, and that creativity never stopped. When, when I got to Fried Hardeman and Brad was a couple years ahead of me and he's there, he was the guy who was weird and absolutely okay with it. He was a little different, and he had absolutely no qualms with it. And I'd say, y'all go do the same thing. Never be afraid to be the one who's a little bit different, and never be afraid to be the one who's still in touch with being a kid. Uh, there, there's something that happens with us in life where we can lose that creative mind. We can lose that desire. Uh, we can lose kind of that spunk that comes with being a child. I'm not saying don't mature. I'm not saying don't grow up. I'm saying never forget what it is to be a kid. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at a couple pages or read this book, uh, Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Uh, probably one of the most common uh, gifts around graduation. Like if you don't have a copy yet, don't go buy one if you're just totally inspired tonight because you're probably going to get one maybe from somebody in this room. There might be a bag of them in the gym right now. I don't know. But... Dr. Seuss is somebody who never lost his creativity, never lost his childlike spirit. But what everybody loves about him is while it's so creative, there's so much wisdom there. Congratulations. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the guy who will decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there with your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet. You're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew, just go right along you'll start happening too. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang. You'll soon take the lead. Wherever you'll fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups bang and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on you'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. One thing I can promise y'all as you get ready to go to college is that at some point you're going to hit a slump. One thing I can promise every single person out here, if you haven't hit one yet or if you're not in one, at some point when it comes to your spiritual life, you're going to hit a slump. See, we understand slumps. We understand slumps because we, we think about them when it comes to sports. See, in, in sports when there's a slump, 
it's somebody who it makes no sense that it's happening to, right? You have somebody who's a great shooter. I, I mean, fundamentally, they do everything right, not what I'm doing. Uh, they, they do everything right, elbow in. I mean, they, they are fundamentally sound. And, and until this moment, they, they didn't miss. Until this moment, everything clicked. And they go out, and one day, something happens. They just get off. Yeah, you have a great hitter that they get this hitch in their swing, and there's somebody that when you watch them, you say, what's happened to you because you were so smooth before? In our spiritual life, this is going to happen. Uh, you're going to have this point where it doesn't even make sense because everything is progressing along. Your spiritual life is good, and then sometimes out of nowhere, it's not. So, sometimes out of nowhere, you end up getting in this slump. And what's easy to do in a slump is to quit or to be content with staying exactly where you are. To give up altogether or to be content with staying exactly where you are. I can tell you that when I was in college, I got in a slump. And being at a Christian school and being in a slump can be almost harder for some of y'all that will because you don't realize there are a lot of people in slumps around you. There are a lot of people that are slowed down around you, but nobody's showing it usually. And I can remember, and I've shared this before, I can remember we used to go most of the time to Estes, and I can remember being there on Sunday nights. I hope I went on Sunday morning. I think I went. I, I, I did. I went on Sunday morning, but I went back on Sunday nights. I can remember being there and hearing the invitation song, and it wasn't necessarily because even something had just crazy pricked my heart in the lesson, but there was something broken inside of me. Now, there was something so broken inside of me, and I can remember having these moments where I would literally grip the pew. I, I just I held on. Because I didn't want to let go. There was something inside of me that did not want to ask other people for prayers. I was so broken. I was so uh, dried up inside that I didn't know how to get started. And then there has to be a moment where you say, I'm not going to stay that way. For, for somebody to ever come out of a slump, there has to be a time in your life where you say, I'm not content to be here anymore. I know what I can have. I know what I have had, and I'm going to go back towards it. We talked in class this morning about 2 Timothy chapter 1, and Justin just mentioned this verse a moment ago. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says in verse 5 or verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear of, of timidity, but of spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Rekindle again the gift that's in you. When you hit a slump, because it's going to happen, when, when you hit a time where you are just struggling when it comes to your faith, when you're struggling when it comes to your spiritual life, don't be content to let your flame die out. Make sure that you do whatever it takes to rekindle again, to fan the flame, to make sure that you get back on fire again, because the reason we come out of a slump is because we know what it's like to be out of the slump. And it's hard, it's tough, but when you're in it, you know what's on the other side. So fan into flame the gift that was in you. You will come to a place where the streets are not marked, some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. The place you can sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right, or right in three quarters, or maybe not quite, or go around back and sneak in from behind? Simple, it's not, I'm afraid you will find, for a mind maker upper to make up his mind. 
You can get so confused that you'll start into race down long wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdest wild space headed, I fear, toward a most useless, useless space, place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or yes, the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls or a pair of pants or a wig with curls or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. No, that's not you. Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying and you'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. You'll find the bright places. While everybody else is waiting around for things to get better, while everyone else is waiting around for things to change, I have zero doubt about this group, and we'll get to talk to y'all about y'all in a minute, but I have zero doubt that y'all will be the ones there making the change. See, see, the only flaw I have in this line is that he says, somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places. See, I think it's the exact opposite. I think that this group of people, and this is what I'm challenging you to do, are going to go and find the dark places. You're going to go and find the dark places, and you're going to be the light. In Matthew chapter 5, it says in verse 13, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And he gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I can remember a couple years ago at uh, Go Camp, a lady came and talked to us about the work she was doing in Africa. Uh, Bethany Haley, she was a Freed Hardeman grad and she's back in Nashville now. She runs her, her uh, organization and goes back and forth. I know some of our members went to college with her. And she was, she was super inspiring. But one thing that she said stuck out to me, and I've never been able to shake it, and that's what she said is that most people run away from the darkness because it's just so big. This is somebody who's going over to Africa and who's working with child slaves who's trying to rehabilitate people who are so broken. And people that, that when you look at it, I'm sure the first time that we've, we've all been inspired by something like that. We hear somebody tell a story about something like that, and we say, I want to do something different. I want to do something big. But what usually stops us is we go, and we experience something like that for the first time, and we see how extreme the darkness is, and instead of running towards the light, instead of being the light, we run away from the darkness. You are the light of the world. I don't think you're going to go and run constantly to bright places. I'm not saying there aren't times. There are times when you need to go to bright places. I hope this is a bright place. I hope you find a place like this when you go to school. There's a bright place that you can go to each week and you can feel revived and ready to go out and go back to another dark place and shine a light into the world. Don't be content with hanging around in the light all the time because that's not what Jesus told us to be. He told us, you are the light of the world. And if we're all spending time just together all the time and not going out to the darkness, then they never get to experience the light. 
with banner flip-flapping once more you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky, ready because you're that kind of guy or girl. Oh, the places you'll go, there is fun to be done, there are points to be scored, there are games to be won, and the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winningest winner of all, fame. You'll be famous as famous can be with the whole world, whole wide world watching you win on TV, except when they don't, because sometimes they won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too, games you can't win because you'll play against you. All alone, whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much that you won't want to go on. But on you will go, through the weather, though the weather be foul. On you will go, though your enemies prowl. On you will go, through the hack and cracks howl. Onward up many a frightening creek, though your arms may get sore and your sneakers may leak. On and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far uh, and face up your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft, and never mix up your right foot with your left. And you will succeed. Yes, you will succeed. 98 and three-quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So be, on, be your name Buxman or Bixby or Bray or Mordecai, Ali, Van Allen, O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting, so get on your way. This book was given to me as a graduation present, and in the last page, they underline, well, they underline 98 and three-quarters percent, I don't know if they were thinking that through. They knew that there was like one and a quarter percent that you're going to fall on your face, Bo. Uh, but the other part is the part I like to focus on when I open this book up. And I know what they meant. Kid, you'll move mountains. And we hear that, and I read an article from the New York Post uh, about this book. And pretty much what they were saying was, it's a horrible graduation gift. And we should stop giving this book as a graduation gift. And it's mainly because those pages I just read, because it talks about you're going to be famous, and you're going to be on TV, and you're going to be the winningest winner of all. But we know what it means. And we know what it means in Christ. And we know what it means through our Savior. See that last page, kid, you'll move mountains. Truth is, like it says on the next page, your mountains are waiting. There are going to be mountains in front of you. And when I think about a mountain, and I think about the object of moving that mountain, that I've got to move a mountain. And the imagery here is not like we think about going and climbing a mountain on the Cumberland Plateau. This is like you're facing a solid rock embankment, and you have nowhere else to go. You are done. And what Jesus tells us, when we look in Matthew 17, Matthew 17 says in verse 20, He replied, Because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and nothing will be impossible to you.
as a church, as the church of Christ, we believe these words. We spend our time looking through, I hope you read the red letters, I hope you read the words of Christ, and I hope you go out and live them, but more than that, I hope you believe them. I hope that when you hear Jesus say this, when you hear him say, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you're going to have mountains. Kids, kids, you're going to have mountains. They're waiting on you. There's something that's going to be an obstacle in your life, something that you're going to walk up to, and you're going to think, when it comes to my faith, I'm done. I, I, I can't do this. I'm going to walk the other way. And what Jesus tells us, we have faith as a grain of mustard seed. We'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. Nothing is impossible. So when you hit a slump, or maybe you're hanging out in the darkness and not really being a light, or when you're as far away from Christ as you feel like you possibly ever have been, have faith that you can move mountains. Have faith that that huge thing that's in your life, that huge thing that you feel like you can't get that darkness out of you, you can't beat it on your own. You're absolutely right, but you have Jesus. You have God to help you to move mountains. Uh, If you're here tonight, and maybe you have a huge mountain in your life, the truth is, it doesn't stop at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Truth is, there are a lot of mountains in lives out here much older. Mountains that Maybe you've started growing moss on them. That they've been there so long and haven't been touched in so long that we look at them and they just look bigger and bigger because we look smaller and smaller, or feel that way at least. Maybe you have a mountain in your life that you're ready to say, move. You're ready, you're ready to literally speak to a mountain. It sounds crazy, but you're ready to speak to your mountain because you believe what Jesus said, that without Him, that with Him, anything is possible. If we can help you in any way at all, if we can help you to put on Christ in baptism, or if we just need to pray for you tonight, would you come?